0: The content provided in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as financial advice. We are not making recommendations, nor are we providing financial analysis of any kind.
1: We are self-proclaimed morons and should not be trusted with your investments. Always conduct your own research and consult with a qualified financial advisor before making any investment decisions. Welcome to the show where the game is on. Chris Cobb and George going. We're in it to win it every day. We're gonna keep you informed so you don't miss a play. We're bowling the dice, taking risks, don't you know? We'll bet it on the monkey once it rises and it'll fall, yeah. Stock gamblers, we're here to make it big. Come join us on the stock gamblers, where we are here to make it big from Hershey, Pennsylvania. I am George Howell.
0: And from Wallingford, Pennsylvania, I am Chris Soyboy Carbonara.
1: <laughs> Soyboy, that—that's a good one. Where where'd you learn a sick burn like Soyboy? Well,
0: boy, I tell you, that really puts you in your place here. And here and that, um, apparently, that that is a, a, an effeminate type of insult to people. But my old ass never heard it before. Apparently, we're being called soy boys. So all right,
1: <laughs> my my old ass has also never heard of it. Um, the uh the backstory behind that for the listeners is uh we we posted a, a youtube short where we it was on last week's show where we were talking about uh how trump was criticizing taylor swift for possibly announcing uh, her support for joe biden which never happened mm-hmm. and then uh, talking about how he likes travis kelsey uh people on youtube came back with their uh, their highly intelligent response of calling us soy boys meaning that we're we're <laughs> effeminate and not masculine at all and then when i challenged them to arm wrestling contests none of them would take me up on it so um uh, real like, real sick burn would you would you ever if you were trying to emasculate someone right use right, right. soy boy as a pejorative <laughs> I can think of a
0: lot of things that most of them wouldn't be appropriate to say on the air. Um, Soy boy would not be in my top 40 or 50, you
1: know, I want to, I want to get you really good. I want to show how effeminate you are. So I'm going to call you a soy boy like that coming from me, someone super masculine calling you soy boy.
0: (laughs) What happened to like good ones like butt pirate or, you know, fart knocker. I mean, you know, creative ones, you know are they saying that soy because of the estrogen? I mean, is that the big burn right there? You know,
1: I mean, as far as political alignment goes, I've never been a part of any political party at all, but I I imagine those are the type of people that are um, not, not very accepting of uh, (laughs) anyone other than stereotypical white males. And, uh, and I, I, do you have gay friends and family members? So, uh, yeah, I was, I was definitely offended by their insults, but, uh,
0: Were you really? I, I uh, would I'd be offended bit, yeah. that it wasn't creative enough, you know, or,
1: well, that, that <laughs> more than anything, but yeah. So what's going on with you? Uh, not too much. Just, uh, doing, doing the waning moon thing and, um, you know, uh, filtering G-G. through YouTube comments. How about you?
0: <laughs> Did you pay your annual maintenance for the trailer yet? Uh probably. Yeah, I just paid mine. Getting excited for the summer, even though it's twenty-five degrees out right now in <laughs> Pennsylvania.
1: <laughs> for those unaware, um, Chris and I are neighbors in our beach community, uh, yeah, where we have
0: party. yeah beach community. I like that.
1: Yeah, where we have um, campers in a campground.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's the cheapest way to afford property at the beach. I mean, you know, five six million dollars for a shorehouse or two three million dollars for a shorehouse ain't cutting it. I'll buy a trailer for fifty k and yeah. I get just as much beach time as you do. You know,
1: I love and it. And we get to be away from all the people when the lights go out.
0: That is a good part. It's a nice little kind of a secluded campground. Have a fire pit going, have some cold drinks. It's it really is. I mean, it is the biggest stress relief I think I've had in years.
1: Yeah. If any of you are looking for a beach property, but don't have millions of dollars to do it, definitely consider looking for a campground or trailer park nearby. Exactly. Uh, best of both worlds. You're close enough to everything and you can also get away from all the crazy beach tourists.
0: Yeah. Cause once you get off that beach, you get away from the crowd. You know, and then you're in your own little quiet right off of Route 9, you know, kind of a little tucked away, just close enough to get to the stores if you need to. But far enough away where once you pull into that park, it's like you're kind of cut off from everybody. Love it.
1: Yeah. All right. Um, anything else you want to go over?
0: Uh, I, I've, I've finally decided that I am, I am going to throw my support about one presidential candidate. I am going to do a write-in vote for Larry David. I think it'll be a pretty 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 good president. I don't know what your thoughts are on that.
1: I would think that if you could pull a miracle and get him elected, he would probably turn it down.
0: <laughs> well, here's the thing when people said that about Trump back then, oh well, you know what he's a rich man he's he won't be bribed. you cannot bribe him you know oh, like, yeah. hey, larry david you can't bribe larry david he's a, he's he's a billionaire, you know pretty much right.
1: He get he gets paid for endorsements to deny or reject your project, your product,
0: <laughs> and it's all just the same for him. Just imagine all the international uh, incidents that would happen with him as president. You know, let me ask you a question, Putin. Let me ask it. I don't want to offend you or anything, but
1: let me ask so, a question. so does China make anything other than cheap products that don't fall apart? I'm just asking because you're. Asking. Your manufacturing capabilities. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) It's good to have the music back. Love it.
0: Oh, to our recap. According to Jennifer Schoenberger from Yahoo Finance, the Federal Reserve is likely to delay interest rate cuts after a new inflation report showed higher than expected increases in the producer price index and consumer price index. Fed officials, including Atlanta Fed President Raphael Bostic and San Francisco Fed President Mary Daly, emphasized a cautious approach to rate cuts, suggesting any potential reductions may not occur until the third quarter of the year or later. This stance is in response to persistent inflation pressures despite market expectations for earlier rate cuts, underscoring the Fed's commitment to a gradual approach and returning to a 2% inflation target. I mean, this is, again, this is listed under our recaps, but it is pretty much the same thing we've been recapping over the last six months, pretty much. Every
1: day is Groundhog Day. Yeah, yeah. Every single day. And it's February, so it all works.
0: Don't pay the rent. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah it is but it's like just just do it just either do it or don't do it stop talking
1: rise and shine campers and don't forget your booties because it's cold out there today it's cold out there every day (laughs) according to reuters the u.s department of justice plans to investigate a joint venture by walt disney fox and warner brothers discovery to launch a sports streaming service due to concerns about potential harm to consumers sports leagues, and competitors. The service aimed at capturing younger viewers will feature a range of sports content across major leagues and college competitions through a new app providing access to networks like ESPN, Fox Sports 1, and TNT. Critics, including Fubo and antitrust experts, have raised concerns about the venture's market dominance and its implications for competition and consumer choice, highlighting the significant market share these companies hold in sports content. Sounds to me like people are upset about not being invited to the party.
0: Yep, exactly. Exactly
1: because you know it, it it harms consumers because they don't spend enough money and time trying to figure out how to watch all the sports content that they may or not be able to receive or get fleeced for paying for all of them
0: yay sports ball
1: yeah yeah life is so much better without cable woo hoo!
0: i'm so glad we ditched cable Uh, moving on to current stock news from Yahoo Finance. Walmart reported exceeding expectations in its fourth quarter, highlighting a 23% year-over-year jump in e-commerce sales and pushed its online sales past $100 billion. Wow. The company also announced its acquisition of Vizio for $2.3 billion to expand into the smart TV market and bolster its advertising capabilities. With a 4% increase in U.S same-store sales, Walmart raised its annual dividend by 9%, reflecting strong consumer demand for value during the holiday season. Looking ahead, Walmart expects sales growth of 4 to 5% for the first quarter of fiscal year 2025, as it continues to capitalize on its digital and advertising growth strategies. I actually thought Vizio was their home brand. I thought they owned Vizio already. Because Oh, wow. Only because that's one of the ones that they've pushed the most, because I've actually bought Vizios at Walmart before, and they're they're really inexpensive and they're decent TVs.
1: I mean, I've bought a few Vizios. Uh, I've bought three of them over the years. Mm -hmm. Uh, One I got at Target, I think one at Amazon. And the last one I got either Walmart or Sam's club, which are the Mm -hmm. same. Mm -hmm. Um, I used to really like Vizio, but the reason I don't now is I really, really hate their smart TV interface. Oh yeah, I'm so annoyed by it. I hate it so much.
0: Okay, yeah, I don't have I, my last visual wasn't a smart TV. I forget what I have now, but it has the built-in Roku. So
1: I would, I, yeah, I, I have one of those also. I I'm so upset that every TV has to be a smart TV. I would love to just buy a dumb TV and have the choice of whatever right. whatever I want to plug into it. But uh-huh. uh, I'm <laughs> I I w- one of the amazing comments that i got on youtube about walmart on the last week was fuck walmart which <laughs> sure that's a valid opinion but yeah you look at how their online sales are now past 100 billion who else is going to take on amazon
0: nobody else is saying fuck you walmart then right
1: <laughs> <laughs> right that too as, as an investor I'm, I'm definitely interested but uh yeah. that, that's the big thing is like Amazon won't have any competition without Walmart, no matter how you feel about it. No, no. From Yahoo Finance, Capital One's proposed $35 billion acquisition of Discover raises questions about regulatory approval amidst heightened antitrust scrutiny. If approved, the merger would position Capital One as one of the largest credit card companies in the U.S., potentially surpassing industry giants like American Express, Visa and Mastercard. The deal is being closely watched as a test of the Biden's administration as a test of the Biden's administration's stance on mergers among financial powerhouses and could significantly impact the credit card lending landscape and merchant fees. So, do you think capital one is buying discover so that they have their own payment processing so that they're they're no longer tied to visa it's i hadn't considered possible. that before this moment
0: i mean it's possible because
1: otherwise you know you have to make a choice you going with visa or mastercard or american express if you're going to do any kind of transactions and right. that, that does actually make sense and i I was actually adamantly against this until I just put that together where discover discover is their own,
0: but it still does create or could create you know the scenario for the people that are against it right now, the whole monopolizing thing.
1: I oh, mean, it's phenomenally bad. it is it is absolutely horrible. like the, only, the next thing would be. Visa and American Express will merge or Visa and MasterCard will merge. I mean, this is Mm -hmm. consolidation to the level that we're getting at is is just ridiculous.
0: Yeah. And no good can come from that. And for
1: those of you following along in order, (laughs) uh, uh, this means that Capital One has offered to buy Discover, which we'll talk about later because we put stuff out of order because we're morons.
0: We did. Okay. Well, speaking of that, from the Wall Street Journal and American Airlines, we all remember them. They have raised its baggage fees to $40 for the first check bag on domestic flights when paid at the airport and $35 if paid in advance online, making its first price hike in over five years. (coughs) Excuse me. The adjustment by American follows certain industry trends after similar hikes were made by Alaska and JetBlue Airlines earlier. Amidst increasing market competitions and efforts to counteract higher labor and fuel costs, such changes to fee structures may challenge the policies of allowing at least a free carry-on, a stance that has been an area of focus for low-cost reforms like Southwest's. Additionally, premium and specific flyers may continue to receive the benefits of complimentary baggage checking, even as loyalty and website-based point strategies are mooted to improve transactional website
1: visitations. So two questions I have for you with this. First, um, do you think that this will improve the bottom line and related to us, therefore the stock value of this company, do you think it will be enough to raise the stock to make it worth investing in? No. Okay. I didn't either. Second, if everyone is complaining about how crowded the overhead luggage is and and how it is a problem and clogging everything up, why wouldn't they make a a checked bag free and the the carry-on have a cost Mm because it is if you've flown anytime recently it is a nightmare to try and and get seated and and take off because everyone is trying to cram everything they have into the smallest thing that they can bring on and And then fight everyone for overhead space
0: Yeah, and then when you get there your aisle is completely full so then you have to act then you have to back up somebody else and they get pissed off right
1: and but you always go I through did. they may I have your attention please may I have your attention please the uh the overhead capacity is completely <laughs> booked uh right. we're looking for volunteers to uh check, to, their, bags. To check their bags for no charge hey, like, it's like everyone's playing a stupid game right well i mean i, I like the
0: idea of charging for bringing on because that does encourage people to just let it go but I used to think it was a convenience thing. That's why people don't check their bags. But it's, I think it's more a security thing. People are, you know, people get shit stolen all the time. They get stuff taken out of their bags all the
1: time. Oh, Clark get, Howard, Clark Howard lost. recommends that you, you only bring what you can bring in a, a carry-on right. bag. And mm-hmm. it's, a good, it's a good rule of thumb if you, you know, if you really need everything that you're bringing, I... Mm-hmm. I'm. I never bring anything I can't replace at Walmart on a vacation. Uh, but I also have an air tag in all of my luggage too, so I know exactly where it is. Mm-hmm. Which is which has now become the policy of the airlines. You know, put they they recommend that you put an air tag in your bag.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, makes sense.
1: Barron's reports that Goldman Sachs has revised its S&P 500 target upwards to 5,200 for the end of 2024, the second increase since December, attributing this adjustment to an enhanced earnings outlook rather than Federal Reserve actions. Initially, Goldman's forecast adjustment was based on expectations of lower interest rates and a dovish Fed stance, this optimism reflecting broader market sentiment persists despite adjustments in expectations for Fed interest rate cuts, highlighting the resilience of the economy and companies, especially major tech firms, in the face of the steepest interest rate increases in a generation.
0: But by revising their target, aren't
1: they jinxing us?
0: Aren't they uh, pretty much sealing its fate by saying, "Okay, we're going to we think it's going to go higher.
1: They're they're saying screw the consumer business is king. Uh the it's not gonna turn around, rates might go up. And from everything that we're seeing so far, it looks like it's more likely that uh that rates are gonna be raised rather than cut at this point.
0: Yeah, yeah. Crazy stuff. Yahoo's finance Yahoo Finances Ben workshall reports that despite the criticism of big tech. The Biden and Trump campaigns have extensively utilized services from tech giants like Amazon, Google, and Meta for digital advertising and operational needs. FEC records reveal millions spent on digital advertising showcasing the reliance of political campaigns on these platforms to reach voters. No duh there. Additionally, both campaigns have engaged with Amazon for different services and made notable expenditures from technology products and services, including Apple products and Uber rides, highlighting the inescapable integration of big tech and campaign operations, despite ongoing antitrust and regulatory battles.
1: You cannot do anything on the internet without Amazon. You can't do anything in search or advertising without Google. And Meta is where everyone goes to play. So yeah, those three are are definitely going to be in the top. It's like the mafia.
0: Hey, you want to
1: build a building? Yeah, you need cement for that building, right?
0: Yeah, come talk to me. I'll get you the cement that you need.
1: Yeah, There's a lot of crime in this area. It'd be a shame if someone broke all your windows and stole all your stuff. Uh, yeah, you should, uh, You should really think about hiring someone for protection. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly.
1: Wall Street Journal reports Capital One is set to acquire Discover Financial Services for over $35 billion, merging two of the largest credit card companies in the U.S. As reported by the Wall Street Journal, this all-stock transaction will significantly enhance Capital One's position in the credit card sector, promising Discover shareholders a 27% premium on their shares and resulting in a combined company where Capital One and Discover shareholders will own approximately... 60% and 40% respectively. This deal is driven by the booming credit card industry, leveraging Discover's network to compete more efficiently against Visa and MasterCard while maintaining the Discover brand and addressing current challenges including regulatory scrutiny and leadership challenges.
0: 27% premium Premium
1: on the shares. Yeah, I, I would definitely expect that to go up.
0: I guarantee you're going to get 27% return on this.
1: Um, it's funny because a few weeks ago, we were talking about how Congress was set to kill the credit card re- rewards programs. Right. And I would imagine that this would uh, definitely cut down on the profit that they're looking at by merging. So it, 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 the timing is peculiar. I don't know if they were thinking about this before and wanted to wait a few weeks to see what happened or, if this just came at the spur of a moment, but that, um, that's something that looms in the back of my mind reading this is how, how well are they going to do if, if that happens where there's reform and there, there's no longer any advantages or rewards to credit cards.
0: Right, right. Well, speaking of that, you know, from Reuters Capital One, we just talked about them. They're set to acquire Discover Financial Services. Again, $35.3 billion all stock deal. Let's swap some stock potentially creating the sixth largest U.S. bank and major credit card competitor against firms like J.P. Morgan's Chase and Citigroup. This merger is expected to face significant antitrust scrutiny. It aims to enhance the global payments network and achieve $2.7 billion in pre-tax synergies by 2027. Despite potential regulatory hurdles from the Biden administration's focus on promoting competition, the deal represents a strategic move to consolidate market positions and expand financial service offerings. Well, there to go, expand financial service offerings to what you were just saying in the last article. We say that we know what we're doing.
1: Ines Fury at Yahoo Finance explains that despite a general decline in energy costs, electricity prices have risen by 3.8% over the past year due to high infrastructure and renewable technology investment costs. The significant increases re- or investments required for maintaining aging grids, and transitioning to renewable energy estimated at over $100 billion annually outweigh the benefits of falling natural gas prices for electricity generation. Regulatory processes for rate changes contribute to the delay in reflecting these cost reductions and consumer bills, leading to a situation where electricity prices are expected to continue rising over time, with occasional minor decreases seen as anomalies and generally upward trend. When I see this article, I think about is PG&E, where (laughs) they're responsible for some of the largest wildfires in California history or human history. Um, You know, like they they failed to maintain their infrastructure because they they were obligated to pass profits on to shareholders or at least prioritized that. Uh, So, I mean, it's obvious how the reinvestment into the infrastructure needs to happen because in every element of this country, infrastructure maintenance has been pushed back. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I don't see energy prices coming down at all.
0: But again, they're passing the savings opposite of savings onto the customer. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, all this infrastructure stuff has to go. So we're going to raise your rates.
1: Well, we have a fiduciary duty to give the shareholders more money.
0: Yeah, you do. (laughs) <laughs> Daniel Howley at Yahoo Finance reports that while Meta, under Mark Zuckerberg's leadership, aimed to pioneer the Metaverse with its Quest AR VR headsets, Epic Games, fueled by a $1.5 billion investment from Disney, is making significant strides in actualizing the Metaverse concept through Fortnite. This partnership is expected to create a persistent universe featuring Disney's vast array of characters and stories, leveraging Fortnite's already popular platform, which hosts online concerts and games. Meanwhile, Meta's focus seems to be shifting towards artificial intelligence, despite continuing efforts in the Metaverse domain, suggesting Epic may be outpacing outpacing Meta in bringing the Metaverse to life. Um, That Fortnite universe is unreal. It is. It's it's insane.
1: Have you played it, or is that just something that you've observed by the youngins around you?
0: I actually have to sit with a student while he plays it because that's part of his behavioral incentive every day he gets x amount of minutes if he does x y and z oh, nice. so i get to spend at least a half an hour a day in two separate 15 minute times of watching him play and and it is i mean if i was that age i would be so obsessed with it um for sure just giving what what is possible it is it is an expansive free range world and there's all these various you know captured a flag last man standing all these various modes you can go in but it really is an open universe of people just destroying the shit out of each other and, <laughs> and that's all that's all it is and but th- what you can do as far as your weaponry and your costuming you know is just it's another whole level it's it's amazing
1: yeah i've, I've never had any interest in it uh which is probably either, a good right? thing <laughs> i don't either but it's still amazing you know. but uh th- this deal in particular made made the, the, the potential Disney board members pretty upset, like all the activist investors that are are mm-hmm. fighting for control. Uh, they're they're not happy about this deal at all. Mm. Oh, well, Abby Salzman at Barron's discusses the United States Natural Gas Gas Fund, UNG, highlighting its 27 percent decline this year, despite natural gas growing global importance. The ETF's current state might seem like a value investment opportunity due to futures contracts indicating expected price rebounds. However, risks stem from natural gas's oversupply, largely due to a warm winter and the complex nature of futures contracts trading, particularly during the transition from winter to summer contracts. Notoriously known as the window, ma- no, I'm sorry, the widow maker, Additionally, the fund's strategy of rolling over futures contracts in a contango market scenario contributes to its challengers, making a potentially risky investment for the inexperienced despite its popularity compared to alternatives like the United States 12-month natural gas fund, LP, UNL, which claims to mitigate contango efforts.
0: What is a contango effect, I wonder? Let me look that up. I don't have my
1: That's phone. That's a good idea because I was unsure as well.
0: I don't have my phone me. Hold on. <laughs> and, uh,
1: in the futures market, the occurrence marked by futures contract prices rising above the spot prices. Oh, crystal clear. Okay. <laughs> this is this is why we're self uh, proclaimed morons and not, yes. Yes. not experts.
0: I'm not a smart man, Jenny. (laughs) The Associated Press reports that in January, U.S. wholesale prices indicated persistent inflation pressures with a 0.3% increase from December, contrasting with a decrease in the prior month. The year-over-year rise was a modest 0.9%, but core wholesale prices, excluding food and energy, saw a significant monthly jump of 0.5%, the most since July, pointing to an inflation rate of 2% compared to a year ago. This data underscores the Federal Reserve's cautious stance on reducing interest rates, especially with recent consumer price reports suggesting a slower than expected easing of inflation, complicating the Fed's efforts to achieve the inflation target amidst ongoing public frustration over high prices since President Biden's
1: tenure.
0: You mean post-pandemic inflation? Is that what they're saying? Okay.
1: (laughs) I guess. David Hollerith reports for, for Yahoo Finance that Goldman Sachs CEO David Solomon received a 24% raise for 2023, bringing his compensation to $31 million, despite the bank's profit decline and industry-wide deal-making slowdown. This increase, which places Solomon's earnings above most his banking rivals, signifies strong board support following a challenging year focused on retrenchment from consumer lending and reinforcing core business areas. Amidst executive departures and leadership succession speculations, the firm navigates changing within its board, highlighting a period of transition and adaptation for Goldman Sachs. How do you get more money for attempting to reverse the fuck-ups that you made? Look, he fixed his own problems. He's a right. problem solver. But a 24% rate, who gets a 24%? Now I'm not talking
0: about billions and millions. I don't even talk about the actual dollar figure. I'm talking about percentages. The average raise, what's a cost of living? 3%? Uh, the, Two,
1: traditionally, three, not, not lately. Right. Like, it's <laughs> not really lately stupid, at all.
0: Right. But, so we're talking uh, what's 3%. So eight times a normal raise is what he got percentage-wise.
1: $7.44 million, roughly. See, okay. He got $7.44 million more right. for going, hmm, I have a great uh, idea. Uh, We're not providing consumer lending. Let's make a deal for the Apple card and GM card. Oh, you know what? That's not leading to a lot of profits. Uh, <laughs> turns out that it takes a lot more investment and, and people to deal with all of this. Uh, My bad. So I'm going to reverse that decision. So pay me more money.
0: Well, he did fix a problem problem he created but he fixed yeah. the problem.
1: Yeah, he That's probably insane. made a really good argument about how he had to quit DJing because uh, it was a distraction from Goldman Sachs and and <laughs> therefore if he's going to rededicate himself to uh to his full-time job, he probably needs to be compensated for the money he's losing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you know. Wow. It takes a lot of gall for that. Rebecca Chen at Yahoo Finance reports that mortgage rates have risen past 7%, dampening home buyers' hopes for Federal Reserve rate cuts. Here we go again with the rate cuts, Admit, amidst persistent inflation. The 30 year fixed loan rate reached 7.13% on February 13th, reflecting increased borrowing costs and challenging home buying affordability due to higher than expected inflation rates in January, of course. This situation has led to a retreat from the housing market with a notable drop in mortgage applications and purchase activity. Furthermore, renting has become a relatively cheaper option than buying in the nation's 50 largest metros, despite the average national rent also increasing significantly since the pandemic, underscoring the broader affordability crisis that we have in housing. I mean, I, I know people personally that have had to move out of apartments even because they were too expensive and they had to like downsize to like move out of an area, go to another area because the apartments were too expensive. But seven point one three,
1: really intriguing to me to see this happening now because I mean, living in the DC area, uh, as long as I did, I was going through this problem uh, 10, 12 years ago. Mm -hmm. and and now it's happening everywhere like to see it to see it sprawl out um everywhere else because obviously the the major cities like new york dc san francisco la are going to be the first for that Mm -hmm. to happen to but for that to happen everywhere um also i've i've moved a lot in my life (laughs) because of, of rising apartment prices um Uh, This is the most comfortable I've been because I haven't had to move in seven years since I bought a house. Uh, Right. It's really, it's a really weird situation to see it happening on as big a scale as it is. Mm
0: -hmm. Right.
1: Reuters reports that Roku's shares plummeted nearly 20% after the company forecasted a first quarter loss greater than expected, indicating stiff competition from giants like Netflix and Amazon in advertising revenue. The shift toward smart TVs is also impacting demand for Roku's devices. With Walmart potentially now definitely acquiring Vizio, Roku faces additional challenges in its primary retail channel. Analysts had anticipated a smaller loss than the $0.90 per share Roku experts attributing slow spending in media and entertainment, partly to last year's Hollywood strike. Despite these challenges, the average brokerage rate remains a hold, with a median price target of $85. This happened right after I decided, in our game, to buy 2,000 shares of Roku, thinking, oh, those are probably going to go up, because Roku... Roku makes a really good product.
0: Apparently making a really good product is not enough these days.
1: <laughs> no, no, it's not. Especially when uh, Walmart buys your, your competition. And, uh, and then all of the advertising money gets gobbled up by everyone else, which is something that I never consider. I mean, I always know that Roku makes the bulk of their money on advertising within their okay. platform, but I never think that it, it's like, Uh, The printer model, you know, you you think that you're spending a bunch of money on a printer and they're making a profit from that when they're not. They're losing money on it. It's a loss leader for the back end money that you're going to get from Inc. or in Roku advertising.
0: No, you're right. Resma Capadia at Barron's highlights the significance of several global elections happening in 2024, affecting nearly 60 percent of the world's population. These elections are crucial due to ongoing wars, the rise of populist candidates and the economic pressures from higher interest rates and budget deficits. Key elections in Taiwan and the U.S., along with polls in India, South Africa, Mexico and the European parliamentary elections could significantly impact global trade, economic policies and geopolitical relationships, especially concerning U.S.-China relations. The outcomes may influence market volatility and long-term growth prospects underscoring the importance of these elections to investors worldwide. It's just going to get weirder. It's just going to get crazier.
1: Man, I I hate discussing politics uh, with random people, but I mean, inevitably it's going to happen because uh, there's, there's now... With this worldwide intertwining between politics and and business, uh, because this is going to affect trade on a global level, mm-hmm. like everything, every the price of everything is going to go up. It, it's just going to keep on going up. We're, we're stuck in it forever. Shana Mishkin at Barron's reports that mortgage rates have surged to their highest level in two months, potentially dampening the spring home buying season. The 30 year mortgage rate rose to 6.77% this week, according to Freddie Mac, marking a significant increase from the previous week and the largest week over week jump since late October. This rise follows unexpectedly high consumer price data, suggesting that the economy's strong performance might keep rates elevated longer than anticipated. Despite mixed early indicators of housing market recovery, such as an increased loan application and positive consumer sentiment, actual home buying remains sluggish, mainly due to high mortgage rates. Redfin predicts a potential increase in home buying activity during the spring, but expects mortgage rates to start declining as inflation eases and the Federal Reserve begins to cut rates, or they won't.
0: But they're not right. Exactly. He expects it, but if anything, we've learned in the last uh, 37 minutes is that they're not going to be cutting the rates like they said they were going to
1: Everyone has this expectation that you know uh, things can't stay high forever. It's just going to come down, just like some of the stock that people bet on, like the next story. That it's I'm, just going to keep on going up in perpetuity.
0: Remember the, remember the 1970s? I mean, yeah,
1: <laughs> it 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 just doesn't. Things act the way that they do. I I got into a fight with someone online. Um, no. Because they were talking about how how um, the economy is completely driven by the politics and power. Uh, you know, like whatever, whatever person, whatever, whoever's the president decides right. how the economy is going to go, and and that's such a ridiculous concept to think that Biden is going to tank the economy just because. Uh,
0: it's like when you drive it, on those cars when you were a kid—the ones that are on the track. You know, you think you're driving, but you're not really driving. Yeah, you know, right going like that and you're going around you don't really have that much control i mean that might yeah, be able to it, stop the bleeding here and there but
1: if any of if any of this were predictable there'd be no world poverty and and financial oh. experts like jim kramer would have better success rate than the local weatherman
0: right and even we'd be rich at that point right <laughs> josh schaefer at yahoo finance reports that nvidia's investments in ai companies arm holdings SoundHound AI and recursion pharmaceuticals have significantly boosted their stock values. Following the disclosure of these investments, ARM stocks rose by more than 6%, recursions by almost 15%, and SoundHound experienced a dramatic surge of about 80% before settling at nearly 60% increase. Now, NVIDIA's own stock has been has had some substantial growth uh, recently, it just went down, but with uh, nearly 50% increase since the start of 2024 and a more than 220% rise in the past year, positioning it among the highest value companies, only surpassed by Microsoft and Apple. This surge in NVIDIA's investments is seen as a strong endorsement for the company, often referred to as the godfather of AI, indicating a promising outlook for these AI-focused firms.
1: How how incredible is it that Nvidia rose as quick as it did? That it is now only behind Microsoft and Apple. Most people never even knew what Nvidia was. No, six months ago,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it has been in 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 like bar like Barrons and Motley Fool's. It's been in their vocabulary for a couple of years now. But yeah, I, for the general public, I don't think anybody talked about it for the last until this past year.
1: Yeah, being in the in tech and uh, and a former gamer. Everyone knew what Nvidia was cuz of graphic cards, but until graphic cards started being used for uh cryptocurrency when when people really figured out what the power was for it. Um uh, and then finally AI. That that's really when Nvidia became a household name, but in that short amount of time to to rise that high. I just can't believe Alan Iverson has that much of an impact on the world. You know.
0: I had to go for the obvious joke there. We've been talking about AI for like the last hour.
1: Joe Light at Barron's reports that Coinbase Global significantly exceeded earnings and revenue estimates for the fourth quarter. With the stock soaring about 11% in after hours trading. The company reported earnings of 1.04% or one04 I'm going to start over. (laughs) Joe light appearance reports that, uh, that coinbase Global significantly exceeded earnings and re- revenue estimates for the fourth quarter with the stock soaring about 11 percent in after hours trading the company reported earnings of a dollar and four cents per share on nearly 954 million in revenue surpassing analysts expectations of a two cent per share gain and 826 million dollars in shares this performance marks a strong recovery for the previous year's loss fueled by a rebounding crypto market and Bitcoin's significant price increase. Despite concerns about increased competition and potential fee compression, Coinbase's trading volume more than doubled between the third and fourth quarters, indicating robust growth and market share retention. The company also benefits from the recent approval of a Bitcoin ETF, serving as a custodian and potentially attracting new investors to the crypto market despite regulatory challenges from the SEC.
0: I still don't get cryptocurrency. <laughs> uh, how does it go up?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it just goes up. I mean, you would you would think uh, from the way the blockchain works is that, you know, really complicated algorithms are, are <laughs> or really complicated uh, problems are being solved and, and that that produces a Bitcoin uh, and then the Bitcoin is uh, the Bitcoin will continue to rise as more people use it, uh, right. creating more of a scarcity. Uh, but really, I I don't but know it, how you get perceived that value, value from Bitcoin. I don't know how it goes up and down, uh, especially scar-
0: scarcity. That's what I mean. I mean, like scarcity and something that doesn't exist.
1: Right. Especially when you have people like uh, FTX and, and uh was it beyonce or whatever uh Biance or whatever binance whatever (laughs) those whatever the made-up bullshit words they come up with for their companies uh with all their fraud you know and and then other people who die with uh with their vault not having a password shared or people who lose uh the key to their vault and all those coins are potentially gone forever i have no idea how any of this shit works it's it's
0: just a I, that's why i stay away from it i don't even want to i don't even want to dip my toe in there
1: i mean it's great from our perspective if you want to gamble go gamble <laughs> but uh to look at it as an actual investment i
0: uh, brings up a good point brings up a really good point and and i'm going to make this comparison tell me if i'm nuts it's like online gambling because you could play cards and it's it's organic it's natural you don't know what that next card is you can count them you can expect it but then you have digital poker they could just right create whatever they want to create i mean they could have it perfectly so that you never win and that's why i understand why people gamble online it's like i'll go play roulette online
1: right with with regular gambling unless you are uh fixing the deck and unless you're cheating in some way it it is a true random chance Mm -hmm. you can Mm -hmm. have your statistics um, uh, you you can use math you can use anything but it, it it does come down aside from you know the probability uh of what's on the table and what's in the deck right that the next card will be a certain thing it still comes down to luck or chance mm-hmm. where if you were doing it digitally it is it is programmed in some way there is an mm-hmm. algorithm or some kind right. of programming It is not natural in chance or luck. It is a programmed result.
0: Mm -hmm. So how could you win, really, in theory?
1: Right. Yeah, it's a good point.
0: Right. According to Barron's, Berkshire Hathaway has slightly reduced its stake in Apple's, slightly reduced, selling 10 million shares, but still holding 905 million shares. Okay. Indicating Warren Buffett's continued confidence in the tech giant despite the sale. This move, detailed in Berkshire's 13F report for the fourth quarter, doesn't signal a major shift in strategy, as Apple remains a substantial part of Berkshire's $350 million equity portfolio. Despite facing challenges like weak iPhone demand and criticism for its virtual reality headset, Apple's slight downturn in 2024 doesn't necessarily reflect broader concerns from Berkshire. The sale could be aimed at funding other investments. Overall, Berkshire Hathaway's portfolio has seen a mix of performances with Occidental Petroleum and Bank of America experiencing declines, Coca-Cola and Chevron remaining stable, and American Express seeking gains. This mixed performance emphasizes that even seasoned investors like Buffett encountered various results, varied results. Yeah, I mean, if you're selling, if you're selling 10 million out of 905 million,
1: <laughs> that's, not exactly That's, time that's to pass. nothing. Yeah, that, that's nothing.
0: He has an island he wants to buy for one of his grandkids or something. He's like, I'll sell off some Apple, buy them an island and get them what they need.
1: Yeah. And um, I mean, you're talking about you're talking about <laughs> it's ridiculous. It gets that much attention. You're mm-hmm. talking about 1.1% right, of your shares. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus, there's also the secret investment that that uh, hasn't been announced on what uh, Berkshire has invested in.
0: Do we want to talk about that or is that for our bonus content?
1: Uh, there's really nothing to talk about. They they keep leading on about how they've, they've made a new investment, but they're not reporting on what it is yet.
0: We can speculate.
1: <laughs> I think that it is robot-made pizza vending machines.
0: Mm. Okay.
1: That's the most random thing I could think of. <laughs>
0: I can't even top that because that's so random. I I can't even, I (laughs) I don't know
1: how I came up with that or where it came from, but that's, that's a real thing. But you're channeling
0: uh, channeling Kramer there. It seems like you throw it in the oven yourself.
1: (laughs) According to Yahoo finance, Stellantis announced a new share buyback program and reported strong full year results, boosting its stock despite cautioning about a challenging year ahead. The company parent of Chrysler and Fiat revealed a revenue increase of 6% from 2002 an 11% rise in adjusted net income alongside a $3 billion euro share repurchase and a 16% dividend hike. CFO Natalie Knight highlighted Stellantis's lower impact from post-strike labor costs compared to its peers, Ford and GM, and stressed the company's resilience amidst expected turbulence in 2024, citing headwinds such as EV mix impacts, pricing pressures, and labor costs. CEO Carlos Tavares emphasized Stellanis' strategic approach to EVs aiming for EV profitability in North America by 2025, while also addressing the competitive Threat from Chinese EV manufacturers. I don't know how you're going to compete with the Chinese EV manufacturers.
0: No, what's the land is one of your picks last year, last season? Sounds vaguely familiar. Uh,
1: they might have been. Um, we might have had that as a uh, as a random, powerful, maybe as a yeah, roulette or thing or whatever we do. Um, yeah, I. I hear that the Chinese EV manufacturers are getting beat up so much that they're going to start doing fire sales on all their vehicles to the point that importing them to America, even though they will have tariffs on them, which raise the price drastically, would still be far cheaper than anything that we're producing. Really, like twenty twenty thirty thousand dollar electric cars. Whoa, well, that's what that that that's a potential scenario that hasn't occurred, but. Mm-hmm. We'll see.
0: Wow. Barron's reports Tesla Cybertruck owners are encountering rusting issues despite the vehicle's 30-time cold-rolled stainless steel composition, which was intended to add strength and even render it bulletproof. This product sheds light on the inherent but perhaps unexpected corrosion potential of such high-grade stainless steel, primarily due to the risk posed by dust, dirt, and retained moisture that can degrade its chromic protective oxide coating whatever that is. While this innovation in particular automobile production raises concerns measures like cleaning paint, ceramic or vinyl wrapping are cited as solutions to counter rust. This situation largely unforeseen by Tesla customers necessitates the wisdom of high-end kitchen care where seamless items meet the real world's irregular contours to a leather like luster with an echo of the truck's off-road purpose. Those were a lot of words and I have no idea why they were put in that order. That's
1: my response to this is, <sighs> yeah. <laughs> did you did you not see that coming? I mean, there, there's a reason why every car on the planet has had coating on its steel forever, uh-huh. not just for a short amount of time. Forever, you know, <laughs> like it, the. Whoever decided, oh, we're just going to leave bare stainless steel has never lived in a market outside of a desert. Nope. Like anyone who's ever encountered snow or the brine that you put on the road or the salt that you put on the road.
0: Even uh, just humidity and driving down at the shore, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, th- this is moronic. And then you get into the problems that the stainless, the bare stainless steel has about the finish and how people are complaining how it looks weird and all the all the manufacturing problems that they had f- from it. Like, this is just dumb. This is dumbass design. Mm-hmm. Yahoo Finance discusses the resurgence of affla- inflation during President Joe Biden's tenure and its impact on American sentiment towards the economy under former President Donald Trump. Despite Trump's tumultuous presidency, many Americans reminisce about the lower inflation rates and stronger purchasing power during his term. Inflation rates and the cost of living, including rent, groceries, and transportation, have significantly increased under Biden compared to Trump affecting Americans' financial well-being. While Biden's administration has seen a rise in real earnings, inflation has outpassed these gains, diminishing, diminishing overall purchasing power. This article also suggests that Biden faces challenges in shifting the blame for inflation and must convene convince voters for the impro- improving economy, improving economic conditions, and the merits of his economic policies over Trump. I can't read. <laughs> it's the economy, stupid. It's the economy, <laughs> stupid. It really. It's amazing to me how quickly people forget. That we were in a global
0: pandemic? or
1: (laughs) That's exactly where I was going to go. I mean, analysts saw and and attributed the inflation to uh, pandemic spending and and the government handouts Uh that occurred under the Trump and Biden administration. Uh And it sucks. And it is squeezing everyone. Right. But to be able to say... This is the guy that did it. When well, it it's was global, both of the guys that did it, and it's global cuz the right. entire world handed out money.
0: So the entire world is screwed because of us.
1: Everyone everyone complains about the 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 real price of inflation and how it squeezes everyone in their lives but if you would have done nothing and not caused the inflation everyone would have been complaining about all of the people that starved because they couldn't grow buy groceries when they couldn't work
0: right you can't win
1: and and that's not blaming any specific person that occurred well, under under two administrations it's just the slant of the
0: article is what is i think really the what sticks in my craw it's
1: not not <laughs> But but it's all the same problem. The the slant is because people only remember things for six weeks. Oh yeah, oh, that's absolutely. why there is a six week news cycle. Yep. Because the average person forgets everything. the The entire contents of their brains are emptied out in six weeks. I'm sorry, what?
0: <laughs> Sometimes. Six Unless you you and me,
1: then it's six <laughs> seconds. But.
0: I want to hear some music. According to MarketWatch, despite a recent setback, hope remains for taxpayers seeking relief from the $10,000 limit on state and local tax deductions due to its expiration at the end of 2025. The difficulty of extending this cap, given its widespread impact, suggests potential bipartisan support for reform. The 2024 elections will significantly influence the cap's future, with possible outcomes ranging from an increased cap to a temporary extension of the current tax laws. However, given the strong bipartisan interest in addressing the salt cap issue, changes could happen on this horizon. Something that both sides agree on. Okay.
1: Well, I mean, they'll never sure. get reelected uh, with the price of inflation. If if taxes go back to the normal rate, right, right. <laughs> but but you know, like everyone's fighting over funding the government due to overspending and and not enough funding, and uh, but yet we're going to keep not funding the government
0: mm-hmm. That makes sense to me
1: all right um let's check in on our picks from last week uh we uh we both turned down zotus so we don't really care about that you picked schneider energy yes. or schneider electric how did that do
0: um you know i didn't check it today but i checked it over the weekend it was up like a small percentage i haven't checked it today though
1: yeah um problem since then is things kind of went down over the weekend <laughs> um, oh,
0: the stock market changes every day
1: what <laughs> i was I was really upset i had some some high risks in my uh my game this past week, and to have the market shut down for three days instead of two really really uh yeah. I didn't think it took about a that bite out of my money.
0: We should think about that next time we uh, we go on a three day <laughs> weekend. We should mention that at least, or, or factor yeah, that. In at
1: least. Well, the problem is it wasn't a three day weekend for me, so I didn't consider it. it wasn't for but, me. Uh, it looks like I, I looks worked. like uh, Schneider's up. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, Planteer Technologies, none of us picked, so don't really care. Keurig, none of us picked, so don't really care. Fortinet, how how did that do? Uh, Actually,
0: it it was up, but it wasn't up by very much when I checked it last, again, before the weekend, before the big crash.
1: Yeah, they're down today uh, overall for the past week. Of course, everything freezes on me. while checking so thank you internet
0: (laughs) oh interwebs
1: uh okay so for the past week they are um they're down so uh bad call on us we'll (laughs) know better for next time no we won't (laughs) no no (laughs) and that's the wrong thing good thing we have music again this week All right, it is time for Roll Them Dice, the segment where we take five randomly selected publicly traded companies and on a whim decide whether or not we will invest our virtual stock market dollars on them. Mr. Carbonara, Airbnb Inc. I say no. You say no. 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 But it feels so good to say yes.
0: I don't like it. I never liked Airbnb
1: from an investment standpoint, or an idea standpoint?
0: From an idea standpoint, not from an investment standpoint.
1: I, I think investing in them is quite foolish. Um, I, for whatever reason, right now think that we're probably in an overall market dip that is going to go up. So I'm going to risk money foolishly and say yes. Oh, really? But I do like airbnb um like if, if my wife and i go somewhere we'll we'll probably just do a hotel it's a lot yeah. easier yeah. but when we travel as a family like when we go back to vancouver and as a family unit we want to rent a place to stay together we'll do an airbnb and that works out yeah. a lot better that way so i That's, i do like airbnb okay i've also never had a bad experience with them so i've been lucky that way right i've read some nightmare
0: stories but they could always be embellished
1: yeah Uh, train technologies.
0: That's a tough one. I'm going to say
1: yes. Okay. Um, I have owned a train system, assuming that it is the same company and I'm checking now. Um, yes, it is the same company I've owned train. Um, they are definitely more expensive than, um, than other systems but I am saying yes because again like Airbnb um I think we're in a dip and it's going to go up so uh I I pick yes Octa Inc I know you're going to pick yes because it is constantly a monthly fool pick
0: Um well in that case I'm going to say no <laughs> Mr. Oppositional over here I'm going to say no
1: I have I been burnt by octa from MotleyCruel.net. or sorry MotleyCruel.com so many times uh, yeah, that's I, one of
0: the I didn't jump
1: on though believe it or not i'm i'm going no on that keycorp keycorp um no okay no i will say i will be original and i'll say yes i want to know what they are what is keycorp
0: it is a I don't fucking
1: know. (laughs) No, it's a cheap one. Yeah. Oh, Key Corp. Is that Key Bank? Key Corp. Oh, geez. Why are they so hard to find out what they do? I know. It's like the (laughs) Illuminati. Oh, now I got pictures of
0: people that aren't connected to it. I got a picture of George Soros here. He's not connected with them. Oh, that's awesome. Why is that pop? KeyCorp
1: is a bank holding company which engages in the provision of financial services. It provides a range of retail and commercial banking, commercial leasing, investment management, consumer finance, student loan refinancing, commercial mortgage services, and special servicing, blah, 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 blah. I don't like investing in banks. No. So uh, I'm glad I went no, and I will stay no. All right. Illumina, Inc. Illumina. I say no. All right. Is it AI? AI. What's that? Is it the British AI company? I have no idea. What are they?
0: I don't know. I'm trying to look them up right now. Illumina? Is it Illumina or Illumina?
1: Illumina?
0: A. I L L U M A.
1: I L L U M I N A. Sequencing to... and array-based solutions. No, Illumina I... Inc. is an American biotechnology company headquartered in San Diego, California, and it okay. serves more than 155 companies. They manufacture market-integrated systems for analy- analysis of genetic verification. Or a genetic variation and biological function.
0: Cool. You know what? I'm going to say yeah. Okay. You'll probably like, make I, money. Come on. I'm seven now. I'm seven or no. $6,500 behind you.
1: <laughs> well, that's the way it works.
0: Uh, defending my title, not very successfully. All right. Ooh, do I get to beg for money now Do we have music for begging for money? I forget. We
1: don't, we should though.
0: Cha-ching. We do money. I'm saying we don't have the copyright for money. We could do pink Floyd's money.
1: <laughs> hey,
0: stock gamblers. Are you ready to up the ante on your investing journey? Join us on Patreon. As a patron, you'll get exclusive access to bonus episodes where we dive deeper into the risky high reward world of stock market gambling. But that's not all. You'll also be part of our close to the community where we share extended shows and behind the scenes content. Plus, your support on Patreon helps keep the podcast running and the investment ideas flowing. Don't, don't, don't miss out. Become a stock gambler patron today and let's ride that market roller coaster together. Patreon.com backslash stock gamblers.
1: You want to make a bet? The only way you can officially play against us in a virtual stock market exchange is to become a member of Patreon.
0: I'm talking to you, Tony Lizzie. I'm talking to you, Robin from Blackwood. And I'm talking to who other, who other I know is watching. I know a few people that are watching now.
1: And now we will check in on the experts and analyze their picks. Oh. Carbo, what uh, what's going on with the Motley Fool? Well, our buddies over at Motley Fool,
0: they are hanging her hat on Elf Beauty. Elf stands out as a disruptive force in the cosmetic industry, offering affordable and socially responsible products that have captured the attention of consumers. With a business model that undercuts traditional cosmetic giants by up to 80% on price. E.L.F. has managed to expand its market presence significantly. Its focus on clean, cruelty-free products under the Well People brand, coupled with a savvy marketing strategy, has propelled revenue growth from $318 million in 2021 to $890 million in the trailing 12 months. Office's ability to maintain high gross margins while keeping R&D and marketing costs low has resulted in operating and net margins surpassing those of its competitors. The company's expansion into the skincare market, especially through the acquisition of Naturium, presents an opportunity for even greater growth, given the larger and faster growing skincare industry. Despite a 600% increase in stock prices over three years, an aggressive growth strategy—sorry, an expansion into new markets—just a long, long way. However, risks include grand reputation, reliance on manufacturing, and concentration risks. With major sales challenges. Still, Elf's beauty, unique position at the intersection of affordability and social consciousness, offers a compelling investment opportunity for those looking for aggressive growth in a consumer goods sector. Now we're going to check on our friends over at Barron's. George, what are our friends at Barron's telling us?
1: Before that, Motley Fool's a little late to the party. I suggested ELF when they uh, when they took over uh, Natrium. So what happened? Um, what happened? I lost my butt.
0: Right, right. And now they're saying to do it. So you were yeah,
1: yeah, they uh they're taking advantage of the dip after the, that Which uh,
0: is what they're supposed to do, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, good on them. Timing. Even a timing
0: stock is right twice a day, right?
1: <laughs> All right, Barron's picks. L3 Harris Technologies, a significant player in the military sector, faces challenges despite its strong market presence, including stagnant stock performance under CEO. Chris Kubasik's leadership. However, activist investor D.E. Shaw's involvement in a strategic business review led by former CEO Bill Brown signaled potential for improvement. With management outlining ambitious financial goals, including increased sales and profit margins, and now analysts believe the stock could see significant growth, although concerns about broader defense sector trends and US government spending remain. Never heard of that company before. Nope. Digital Bridge Group, transitioning from a real estate investment trust to an alternative asset manager, anticipates presenting its first post data center spin offs results on February 20th today. CEO Mark Ganzi aims to capitalize on the growing demand for digital infrastructure investments with the company's expansion in private equity funds showing promising growth potential despite historical challenges and evaluation due to accounting rules. With plans to emphasize its money management earnings and ambitious fundraising goals, analysts foresee Digital Bridge's stock as a compelling buy opportunity and the involving landscape of alternative asset management does that mean non-fungible tokens i
0: don't know is, is
1: that what that means they're going from real estate to to digital digital assets
0: what's that mean digital real estate i don't know
1: <laughs> well uh, maybe i'm wrong it says digital infrastructure investments so uh, maybe maybe they're talking about Fiber optic cable? I don't know. I, I have no idea. This is uh, confusing me. But IAC, a diverse internet and media holding company led by CEO Joey Levine, appears undervalued. Undervalued based on a sum of the parts analysis, with its market capitalization closely mirroring the value of its cash and publicly traded securities, leaving little to no value assigned to its other assets. These assets include a significant stake in MGM Resorts International and Home Services Company Angie, as well as wholly owned businesses like Dot Dash Meredith, which is expected to generate substantial earnings in 2024. Analysts project project a sum of the parts value for IAC of 5.9 billion dollars, suggesting a significant premium to its current market cap, presenting an attractive investment opportunity. Last time i saw value like this was microsoft really? but then when i look at the assets being mgm resorts which had huge cyber security issues and angie which continues to underperform i um i i don't know if this is a good one
0: hmm. one way to find out
1: keep gambling keep it going there And now, for our picks, Carbo.
0: Some might call this a lazy pick. My first pick, with all the attention they've been getting recently in the press, I thought I'd revisit my most successful pick of all time to date, Shopify. Now, when I purchased my first shares uh, back when it was in uh, Motley Fool recommendation, I think it was in 2019, maybe it was 2018, I have never even heard of Shopify. But now I can't get away from it. Every ad on Facebook or every spam email I'm getting at home, either that's directly a shop from Shopify or some merchant that is using Shopify, they are really everywhere. So Shopify has been on fire this year, which might be a turnoff to some investors. But there was a recent multi-day slip. So it's priced right now a little bit lower than it was a week or two ago. So if you want to get into Shopify, now would be the time to do it. And now for my second pick, I'm going to go with Roblox. This gaming stocks. That's a generalized statement. It's more than just a gaming stock. They do a lot. But that's their main contribution, the game Roblox. It's still wildly popular with kids, and users have much more control over the design and administration of the game than they used to have. Now users are actually making money on the platform by designing their own universes, designing their own like passes into their communities. So that's pretty an amazing thing, where, where kids that are like 12 or 13 years old are making money creating stuff for other people on Roblox. So I figured... It's not a relatively expensive stock and users are making money in a platform. So why not give it a shot? So my two picks, Shopify and Roblox.
1: Ballpark. What's Roblox trading for?
0: Ballpark. I forget.
1: Fair. <laughs> yeah. The popularity of Roblox. And, and it's amazing because, like I said uh, in previous shows, uh, when you even when when you recommended Roblox before mm-hmm. I was in. I was taking classes at state at Penn state and other students. They were talking about Roblox. So Uh it's not just a a kid's game. Uh, Adults are playing this. Uh For my picks, Uh, two companies that are uh, near and dear to my heart. Uh, The first one being yum and Mm -hmm. not because of all of the brands in yum, but I don't have a problem with it. First one, mainly being Taco Bell, and the reason for that is Taco Bell keeps reinventing themselves and making flavors to keep customers interested. Uh, their men, their menu items are very affordable, which goes a long way in today's market. My wife and I just picked up a family pack the other day, which was gigantic for twenty five dollars. It fed us for two days. Uh, their mobile orders work extremely well. I'm very happy with their app. And they continue to innovate and evolve while staying true to their identity as a fast food Mexican restaurant, which is amazing that they were among the first to do that and to be a completely unique category by itself. You know, it's not really Mexican. It's not really fast food. It's kind of its own thing, Mm -hmm. but it works. Um, I've also experienced and continue to have great customer service at every location that I visit. With that comes KFC, Pizza Hut and the Habit Burger Grill, which is completely unheard of on the East Coast. Uh, I I think that this offers a great value, and that is my recommendation or pick for this week for the virtual stock market. Um, The second one that I am going with for that, Pilot Corporation, known as Pilot Pen, is a prominent Japanese pen manufacturer founded in 1918 and headquartered in Tokyo. Renowned for its innovation and quality, Pilot offers a wide range of pens, including ballpoint, gel, rollerball, fountain pens, and markers, catering to various writing needs. With a global presence and commitment to excellence, Pilot Pen has established itself as a leading brand in the pen industry for over a century. I took, uh, particular note to pilot because as of yesterday they hit their 52 week low um which uh is not necessarily a great reason to invest in a company but to me it makes it a great reason to gamble on this stock so cool. uh i am a fanatic with their pens i, I think they're excellent products really and being that they're uh, the lowest in a year i i think now's time for me to jump on this so i can really uh really beat you up in the game
0: <laughs> not if i buy it too
1: oh but well, that's true you could you could definitely uh cover yourself
0: if i just mimic but then i can't win i'll just lose i'll lose at the same rate if i just keep mimicking your picks <laughs>
1: yeah, or you could go down with me who knows right. it's I won't either way, way <laughs> right, right. That is going to wrap up this week. Remember for patrons to hang around and see the extended show where we are going to have non-stock related stories that we're going to talk about. So, uh, if you are a member patron, hang around for that. If you're not a patron, you can go to patreon.com slash stock gamblers, where you will get access to our extended show and, um, you know, you can help support us and and keep this thing running. So thank you for joining us on Stock Gamblers. Stock Gamblers is hosted, written, and produced by Chris Carbonara and George Howell. Special thanks to our Patreon supporters like Don Rayom. You make this show possible. To write to us, you can email us at stockgamblersshow at gmail.com.
0: You can find out more information about our show at stockgamblers.net, including where you can subscribe to our podcast and where you can provide a one time donation. If you find value in our show, please consider joining our Patreon for just $5 a month. Just $5.
1: $5 a month.
0: A cup of coffee, for Christ's sake, for each of us. You can help support us and gain access to our bonus content as well as test your stock skills by playing against us in our virtual stock market challenge, for Christ's sake.
1: <laughs> $5 thanks. isn't even a good cup of coffee for each of us.
0: <laughs> i talk of donuts. I could deal with that. Yeah.
1: That, that's going to be $6 for both of us. But, uh... yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, listen, thanks for listening. Keep,
1: Keep gambling.
0: gambling.
1: So <laughs> we This has been a Winning Moon production.